Today's episode is brought to you by Casted. Casted is a presenting sponsor of MarketingShowrunners.com and this show. Casted also is the world's first platform for B2B podcasters. Look, it's not really going to be that successful if you rely on everybody else just quote unquote getting it when it comes to podcasting. I know you get it, but you also have to show value and prove value all around the organization. Casted understands that. With their tools, you can host your show and therefore distribute to all the apps where listeners can find you, but you can also get analytics, transcriptions, clips of your shows, a searchable index that you, your marketing teammates, sales, everybody around you can use to send helpful content that's been bottled up in your podcast forever, but now it's finally cracked open and cascading around the marketing and sales funnels. So if you believe that shows should be central to your strategy, and you believe that podcasting needs better tools built for marketers specifically, go explore Casted, casted casted.us. The man with the backpack stopped walking. He pulled out his phone and scanned his app. Like many people who listen to podcasts, he had tons of options. But one show made him pause. One show caused his jaw to drop. And one show would transform his business forever. Why was any of that intriguing? I mean, what did I really describe? Honestly, a guy was walking in probably usual work clothing and attire, like like a backpack. He pulled out his phone like millions of people do when they're walking and then looked at a podcast app like millions more people do. He had a lot of options and he picked a show that he liked and it did what it promised. It did something good for his life. I didn't really say anything that interesting. But just like the pause I just gave you before saying the word but, there are little things that you can bake into your show. Subtle nuances, whether you script, interview, do stories, straight up preach to people, I don't know. No matter what you're doing, you can use these subtleties to create an irresistible experience that keeps people coming back. Let's revisit the top of this episode, the thing I just read to you about the man with the backpack. Let me pull out a few of these things. First of all, I dropped you into the story. I used a cold open. A lot of episodes, a lot of shows, we over-explain what people can expect. We summarize what they're going to get. We give the bio, which then apparently the guest also has to give because usually that's our first question as an interviewer. We don't open strong. It's a missed opportunity. This dropped you right into a story. The man with the backpack stopped walking. That's a cold open. Picture some of your favorite TV shows. I think Breaking Bad was the all-time greatest at doing this. They don't say, hey, coming up on Breaking Bad, here's some bullets that you need to know about what we're doing. This is Breaking Bad, the show about Walter White, a teacher who contracts cancer, and now he's cooking meth. No, they drop you into a scene, and you have a lot of questions and intrigue that prompts you to continue to listen or watch. That's the power of a cold open. The man with the backpack stopped walking. The man. Okay, what man? Why is he the man with the backpack? Is this an important backpack? He stopped walking. Why? He pulled out his phone and scanned the app. Okay, what app? Like many people who listen to podcasts, okay, so maybe it's a podcasting app. What does podcasting have to do with anything that we're talking about today? This list of podcasts offer tons of options. Okay, great. I I get that. But what are the options that this man is looking for? But one show made him pause. Which show? One show caused his jaw to drop. Okay, which show? And one show would transform his business, dot, 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 forever. Which show? How did it transform his business? I have so many questions. And now my job as the host is to pay off those questions. 
All right, number one, cold opens. Number two, creating intrigue. Number three, the third reason I think that this is a great way to open is that it steadily builds towards something that leaves you hanging. It's the start of a story that doesn't go all the way to the finish. They call that an open loop. You're starting to open up that loop and creating intrigue, and then you promise to pay it off later, whether overtly or, in this case, implicitly. Those questions are burning in your mind, and I have to pay them out later. Look, there are only two ways for listeners to interact with a podcast, play and stop. Two primary ways, play and stop. And so your job as a host, our job as marketing showrunners is to make sure they don't hit stop. In other words, there's a golden rule to this audio stuff that we do. Get them to the end. Today, we dive into one of the best podcasts ever created, and I think one of the best episodes that they've ever launched, Radiolab, and their episode on memory and forgetting. This is the show that first taught me the magic of audio, and we're going to deconstruct some of that magic to pull out some simple things that cost you no money and barely cost you any time at all, but if you can master them, can transform your show into something great, can transform your business, dot, 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 forever. This is Three Clips. Welcome back to Three Clips. I am your host, Jay Akunzo, the founder of Marketing Showrunners. We're a media company that covers and advances this giant movement of brands making shows. On this show, we try to understand and learn from other podcasts a few little pieces at a time. All right, today we are going to deconstruct three clips from the legendary podcast Radiolab, which is a program produced by WNYC, a public radio station in New York City. Uh, and it's broadcast all around the country, all around the world, obviously, not just in radio, but in podcast form, of course. And uh, it started in 2002, tends to run anywhere between 30 and 60 minutes long. And the hosts, Jad Abumrad and Robert Krolwich, know a thing or a thousand about how to hold your attention, how to get you to the end. They're masterful hosts. And we're going to deconstruct three moments where I think they put that on display and those three moments are things that we can take back with us to our shows to improve our skills. First, before we play the clips, an analogy. I think a lot of marketers, when they approach their podcasts, they act like this one character that you find out on the basketball court when you play a lot of pickup. So I grew up playing basketball, and even though I've <laughs> kind of kind of forgotten what it's like to you know do anything but speak into a microphone all the time, uh, I used to play as an adult. I'd play a lot of pickup basketball. So there's always this character that you would find that would like recur every time you played. He would look like one hell of a player. He'd have all the gear. He'd have a headband and an arm sleeve. He'd have this awesome like jersey on and great looking shorts and the newest LeBron James shoes. He'd have like some kind of fit tech and a, and a sweet looking gym bag and maybe some protein craziness inside of it. He would look the part of a player. But then a funny thing would happen when you'd start the game. The guy couldn't play. This happened all the time. He'd look like such a great player, but then he couldn't play. But playing the game is what basketball is. In the marketing world, I do think we act a little bit like that guy. We want to look the part. And so what we do is we buy a bunch of technology. I even know a few brands that built a whole studio in their office before they ever launched a single episode. And we have all this tendency to latch on to the incremental stuff, not the fundamental stuff. The fundamental thing about podcasting is being good on a microphone, being a great host. Can you actually play the game? Because being on a microphone is what podcasting is. So that's what we're going to talk about a lot on this show overall, but certainly 
today. And as we move to the clips, just a quick reminder of the episode from Radiolab that we're profiling again. Just a reminder, it's about exploring how memory and forgetting work in your brain. Let's go to the first clip. And uh, just to do that, I think I have a special sound effect picked out. Radiolab is about science and other curiosities. So let's let's go to the transition sound that we've picked out special for Radiolab as we head into our first clip. I think most people think about memory kind of like a file cabinet in your brain. I'm looking for a fairly large capacity. This is traditional style. Well, something happens in your life. This is real wood. Yeah, this is real wooden files. You file it away. Oh, this is pretty good. Yeah. Then later, when you want to remember something, you, you flip back through the files and you there's the one. This one? Yeah, you pick it up. Oh, yes, I recall. Yeah. And there it is. That's the memory. Can you lock it? Yeah. Do you have the key? Sure. Sometimes you forget where you filed it. Let me see. Like, But it's there. I can't. Somewhere. Okay. He begins by saying those words as the open of the episode. I think most people. Why is he saying that? Why is he starting with the assumption made by most people that memory is like a filing cabinet in your brain. They've done the research. They've written the episode. They've talked to the experts. They know this is incorrect. They know the true answer to what memory actually acts like. But we don't. A great host is a great guide. They're not necessarily the expert or the star. Even if they assume those roles, they still have to guide you into the material, into the story, into the topic you're exploring today, into the interview subject, whatever. A great host is a great guide. And they own the golden rule, get you to the end. They're guiding you every step of the way so you reach the end. Because if they leap too far ahead, they'll lose us. That's the problem with being the expert on the microphone. You might miss something that others really need. So I think memory is like a filing cabinet. You know it's not. So why are you saying that most people believe that? We could just get the answer, but it's not the right time for it yet. Remember, a great host starts by relating to the audience. Then they walk shoulder to shoulder every beat of the way that the audience requires from the very beginning and where people understand the topic there to the very end and what you want them to understand by the end. A great host is a great guide. Relate to the audience. Start with where they're starting and lead them every step of the way. A great host goes on the journey, and that journey often takes people to unexpected places. So you're guiding them to something that they didn't know they needed. It's not like you have to always belabor, okay, this is what happens in the status quo. We think about memory like this. We do our jobs like that. Just get them nodding up front. Yep, that is what I believe. Or yep, that's what I'm experiencing. And that is enough to move on to the next point. So Robert does that brilliantly. I think most people think about memory like a filing cabinet. And then because Radiolab is so highly produced, they have a lot of sound design. They actually go to some place where he's shopping for a filing cabinet. I'm not saying you have to go to that length, but kudos if you do. But he's only spending a brief moment on this idea that he's aligning with us shoulder to shoulder. And he and his co-host, Jad, are about to guide us forward. All right, let me play the second clip. This is actually featuring Robert's co-host, Jad Abumrat. And he's riffing off of what Robert just said that most people believe memory is. Then Jad butts in and says this. Maybe, and this is what we're going to look at this hour, maybe it's not as mundane as those metaphors would suggest. 
maybe memory is more creative than that. Creative? Yes. Yep. On a literal level, it's an act of creation. Yeah, exactly. We're reconstructing those memories. Construction. Construction. Maybe it's more like painting or sculpture. Okay, my question here is, maybe? Why did he say maybe? He knows the answer. He knows whether or not it's actually the thing he's about to say. Maybe it's more creative. And Robert goes, creative? Why are they playing dumb? Or at least playing curious, like they lack the information. It's because we still lack that information. So here, Jad is continuing to build on what Robert set forth in his intro. He's nudging you from point A to point B. What most of us tend to do in our shows, I think, is even if we relate to the audience up front, if we nail the moment that Robert nailed in that first clip, we then are like, okay, great. We're done building rapport. We're done aligning with the audience. I'm going to leap all the way to the end and be like, actually, our perception, our status quo, our understanding, those are wrong. Here's the real answer. And yet we're doling it out too quickly because while somebody might agree, oh, wow, I am wrong. Thanks for the answer, show host. What's happening in their brains is they don't know why that's the answer. They actually haven't arrived there. And that's what a good teacher does, isn't it? They help you feel like you arrived at the conclusion yourself. They don't just hand you an answer for memorization. And especially important in today's age where creativity reigns supreme, where anything rote and redundant is getting automated away, we have to be able to reason from first principles really well. So give the audience the information they need to eventually reach the conclusion you're striving for almost a moment before you do at the end of the episode. So he says, maybe memory is more creative. It's not about retrieval. It's about reconstructing the memory in the brain. And Robert echoes that. Wait, creative? What do you mean? They're acting the way we would act if given this information. So once you align with the audience, as you begin to go on the journey, nudge them forward step by step. Gut check assumptions both that the audience has and that you have. And that second one is really hard. It's really easy for us to leap to the end. Make sure you don't do that. It's so tempting, especially if you're in, say, B2B, where you're interviewing experts. Like, and we're today we're talking to the world's foremost expert in Facebook advertising and how to drive growth through Facebook ads. It's so tempting to just have them lead with, here's exactly what you need to know. But it's far more addicting, experiential, far, far more empowering for the audience if you march them from where they're at to where you want them to be every step of the way. All right, let's get to the third and final clip here. I really want to go into something called signposting, which is a great trait of a great host, uh, especially pertinent to audio. I think you can use this in almost anything you create. If it's a longer form thing, especially a signpost, in other words, pointing out interesting things, a signpost ensures that people pay attention and don't miss the most crucial things. Think about the audio consumption experience. If you miss something that somebody said because you tuned out, or if the content you're consuming was confusing and muddied, all of a sudden the story is ruined because a podcast is like this linear experience. You're thinking, wait, what do they say? Wait, who is this guy? Wait, what's that terminology? What's happening? But all the while they're continuing to talk. So you have to like stop, rewind, go back. It's really, really terrible to rip somebody who's listening to your show out of the listening experience and force them to make sense of what they just experienced. The best possible consumption behavior is the person on the receiving end of your show is just in flow the whole time. They're like lost in the story and the knowledge. They just can't wait to get to the next moment because again, our job is to get them to the end. So signposts are a way to snap people back into proactive, mindful listening 
if they were tuning out, or even if they're mindful right now, a signpost can help somebody pay attention to a forthcoming episode moment. It's like, ah, I get this. Okay, I have to pay attention now. So I'm going to play that third clip. Again, we're talking about signposts. This is once again, Jad Abumrad. I want to see if you can pick out the signposts that Jad uses. We'll play the clip a couple of times, but here's the first attempt. See if you can pick out signposts from Jad. Let's go to the clip. And that's what everyone thought. Mm -hmm. Until 2000. One day, Ledoux is in his office and a guy walks in the door. Okay, let me play that one more time before we talk about it. How many signposts can you pick up on? There are more than one, but pay careful attention. What are the little things that Jad does to snap you into mindful attention, making sure you're paying attention not only to the content at large, but to a forthcoming, very important detail? All right, here we go. The same clip, one more time, spot the signposts. And that's what everyone thought. Mm -hmm. Until 2000. One day, Ledoux is in his office, and a guy walks in the door. How many did you get? I got three. Three different signposts. Two are verbal. One is nonverbal. Let me play that again, see if you can spot the three. And that's what everyone thought. Mm -hmm. Until 2000. One day, Ledoux is in his office, and a guy walks in the door. Okay, so Jad and Robert are talking throughout this episode about understanding how memory and forgetting work, and they start to visit this guy, Joe Ledoux. He's a psychological researcher, and he has done a lot of groundbreaking stuff in this realm. He's been on a journey in his career to understand the same things that we're on a mini journey to discover with Jad and Robert, how memory and forgetting work. And what Jad and Robert are talking about is what most people accepted was the truth about memory and forgetting. Because if you notice in the clip, the first thing Jad says is, and that's what everyone thought. And then he says, until, that's a signpost, the first one, until. Conveying that there's a change forthcoming, Jad does it with one word, but conveying that there's a change is enough to snap people to attention, to active and mindful listening. Wow, what's happening? There's a change. Oh, cool. It's not just, hey, we're talking to this expert today and they're telling their success story and everything is hunky-dory. You steadily lose interest, then maybe even dip out of the episode. I have failed to get you to the end. But if I say, you know, that's what everyone thought, or things seemed great, until, huh, tell me more, there's a change. Signpost number one. The second signpost immediately follows. It's nonverbal. He pauses. And that's what everyone thought. Until, dot, dot, dot. If you weren't listening before and you hear some silence, even subconsciously, boom, you're right back into the moment. Of course, you're going to be like, wait, what's happening here? Is Why am I not hearing any audio? I thought I was listening to a podcast. Oh, okay. It was a dramatic moment. I'm back in the moment now. I'm back to being mindful about my experience with this podcast. So that's the second one. It's a nonverbal pause. And then the third is a guy walks in the door. There's a little bit of a mystery there. There's an open-ended question, which is who is the guy? We know what the door is because Jad teed up the fact that researcher Joe Ledoux is working in his office. He said that. So we're like, okay, we're in his office. Somebody opened the door to his office. Who is this somebody? That's an open-ended question. That's a signpost. What he's basically implying to us, and I do think it is implicit here, is, hey, we're going to play you a moment or we're going to explain this as hosts. Either way, the tape that follows is going to reveal to you the answer to the question we just planted in your mind of who is this guy? Pay attention because this is a pivotal moment in our attempt to understand memory and Joe Ledoux's attempts to research it. A guy walked in the door. Who is the guy? 
I think this is a brilliant use of intrigue, of tension, of open-ended questions, and of signposting because most of us would have just paid off the until, even if we had the pause. That's what everybody thought about memory until the year 2000 and Joe Ledoux discovered X. That's a nice dramatic moment, right? You see the arc of it. It's like, here's the status quo. It's pretty flat. The tension spikes when I say until, maybe I pause to hold that tension. And then I bring it back down to a resolution of what happened next. Jad doesn't give you what happens next. He wants you to continue to listen to find out because he knows the golden rule is to get people to the end. Now, you might not narrate your show. I'll grant you that. So maybe this is harder to pull off in theory, but I actually think there's a way to do this because a great host can ask the right questions to extract the right content at the right time. If you have a segmented show, whether it's overt to the audience and they know the segments, or you just know the sections you like to move through with your interview subject, you can make sure that you're building tension all the time. So if you feel that your subject is getting a little bit too complacent, like everything is hunky-dory and they're all about success and they're teaching everybody their brilliance, just jump in and say, what, what was the hardest part about this? You know, what's the biggest moment of failure? What's something you wish you knew sooner? Introduce conflict. The conflict doesn't have to be groundbreaking like how memory works in the brain. It could be a very small moment of human conflict, right? It's crazy to me how little we look at the day-to-day human experiences of people and extract anything more than sort of pablum, honestly. The status quo, things were great. Yeah, but that's not always the case. Progress is a zigzaggy line. So don't just give me the peaks. Talk me through a valley. Give me that tension. So if you don't do what Jad does and narrate the signposts and create tension that way heading into a clip. If it's all just interview tape, make sure you're asking questions that prompt reflection, that prompt tension-filled answers and moments from your guest. And by the way, if a subject doesn't deliver gripping material, if they're not giving you these tension-filled moments, if an interview subject and everything they say doesn't get your audience to the end, that's not the guest's fault. It's yours. Remember, when you run a show for your brand, when you host a program of any kind, you have one goal to keep in mind the entire time, one golden rule to get any of the rewards that we seek from running a show. Trust, loyalty, time spent, brand affinity, advocacy, somebody who cares so deeply about you that they'll take an action that benefits you and evangelize your message to bring others your way, to reap any of those rewards. We have one golden rule to keep in mind. Get them to, hold on a little bit longer. We're almost there, I promise. We're coming up on it. It's just around the corner. Just one more second, the end. If you haven't ever heard Radiolab, I cannot urge you enough. Go back, especially to their early episodes. They take big themes like memory and forgetting or colors, and they do incredible immersive audio experiences. It's not only delicious, it's also rather nutritious. You learn a ton too. So that's radiolab.org is their website, or you can find the specific episode, Memory and Forgetting, in the show notes. If you want to go deeper with the craft of creating great original series, specifically in the world of marketing, so if you're a marketer working for a brand, you're not just a hobbyist, we're building an entire media company just for you. It's Marketing Showrunners, and you can subscribe for free at marketingshowrunners.com. We've done things like spend an entire month publishing content about equipping marketers to make the case up the org chart from making shows internally. We deconstruct shows like you heard today. We cover news in the space and a lot more. 
And the best way to get all that stuff is to subscribe to our monthly newsletter, MSR Monthly. The link to subscribe is in the show notes. But once again, you can go to marketingshowrunners.com. Thank you to Casted, the world's first B2B podcasting platform for tools built specifically for marketers who need to distribute, promote, and measure the content from their show, not just post a bunch of links to a landing page or Apple or Spotify. Try Casted. There's a lot going on on that platform, and the best way to explore it is actually to test it out. Go to casted.us and begin experiencing what it's like when someone actually builds tools for like, you know, your job in podcasting, not hobbyists or the media. As always, I'm your host and the founder of Marketing Showrunners, Jay Akunzo. And I believe great marketing isn't about who arrives. It's about who stays. So thanks for staying with me. And I'll talk to you next Monday morning on the next episode of the show. See ya.